This podcast was recorded and produced in 2020, predating the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Confederation podcast. To find out about all the latest news and events across the Confederation, visit www.nhsconfed.org. Hello, my name is James Maddox and I'm the International Policy and Programme Officer at the NHS Confederation. Welcome to the third in a series of podcasts that explore how NHS organisations can learn from and in some cases have already adapted existing international models of integrated care. In this series, we will hear from experts from across the globe about how their models of integrated care are creating more effective and positive pathways for their populations and increasing the efficacy and outcomes of the services provided by their organisations. In this podcast, we follow on from our previous episode focusing on the Healthy Homes and Neighbourhoods Integrated Care Initiative and take a look at how a similar model has been developed in Northwest London at the Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust. Connecting Care for Children, or CC4C, was developed by Dr. Manda Watson, a consultant paediatrician at Imperial. Dr. Watson drove the initiative forward in 2014 with the aim of reducing A&E attendances and improving the patient experience by connecting and improving the way children's care is coordinated, delivered and commissioned across primary and secondary services. Seeing um, Dr. Watson and the GP together is like getting two for one at the same time because um, I'm not going to go say, oh, this is what the G-. they were saying it for themselves so we don't get that mixed messages. For all of us to have come together and then be able to put in a different perspective of how to care for a certain patient, which was really powerful, I think. Parents can get access to their trusted family doctor and their trusted family doctor can get access to a specialist at the hospital. That's a very strong message for families. So actually, they stop worrying so much about their children and their child health and feel that the system is there for them as and when they need it. We sent our reporter, Joe O'Hagan, out to see how this model has been working and the impact it's been having on the lives of families in the area. Okay, Micah, here we go now. We're going to see the GP. Come on. Open the door and we're going to leave now. Come on. In 2015, Riddell Sherman's life was about to be turned upside down. Her child, Micah, was prematurely born at 27 weeks and after being discharged by the hospital, developed severe breathing problems. Micah's condition had been misdiagnosed several times by different hospitals and general practitioners and Riddell felt she was going around in circles whilst her son's condition continued to deteriorate. Determined to get to the bottom of the issue, Riddell took Micah to St Mary's Hospital, where Dr Mandor Watson's experience became invaluable. So I constantly have to explain everything through, um, to him. He kind of does the now and the then, because if not he becomes anxious, so I have to tell him, you have to put your jacket on, I'm going to open the door, you have to step out, mommy's going to have to lock the door. They listened to what I had to say, they listened to my fears, and um, they were like, no, we still have to do, we have to run some checks, and they did everything, and they came back and said he had HMV virus, and they kept us over there, and um, I think a week in the hospital, then um, his lungs collapsed, he was put in induced coma he was taken to the PQ and were there for a long time and um, that's how I met um, Dr. Watson because she came in to see him after he came out of the PQ and um, yeah just by looking at him she could tell so many things she could tell that 
this child was having aspiration. She could also tell that he's um, the way he's breathing, he definitely asthmatic. And from the symptoms I explained, she was like, that sounds like reflux. So probably the food is coming back. The food is coming back up. Like, you know, not using big medical terms that could really make me understand what she was saying. And that was it. And since then, my son has just been getting, like, the best care, really, that a child could possibly have. I actually prefer um, the Paddington Green Health Centre because it's smaller. My child, um, being autistic, he kind of, he, he gets really anxious in big places, big spaces. Micah suffers from a range of medical issues, including chronic lung disease, reflux, asthma and autism. However, he has been able to receive top quality specialist care from Dr. Watson's clinic for all these conditions. Dr. Watson really just put him where he needs to be in the sense that she got the SALT team involved in his care. She got the um, ENT involved. She got him to Royal Brompton because he's seen the lung specialist. He had really challenging behavior. I couldn't manage him. I couldn't even step out of the house with him because he would hit me back. And she got him with a clinical psychologist. And now I can take my son places, which is, it might not sound like a big deal, but it's really such a big deal for me. And the communication is in such a way that she's not left out of anything because um, she wants to know everything that's happening because she wants to see an improvement. I think the most important thing for me as well is that I'm not left out. Like, oh, do you have to do this? She tells me, this is what I think is happening. And I think this is what we should do. What do you think? Or what do you want to see from your child? And then we talk about it. Of course, I'm not a medical professional. So sometimes I'm like, I think this, this. And she's like, okay, I think this is what you mean. Does that make sense to you? And yeah, and then we come to a conclusion before she makes a decision. So, um, Saba, this next one is mm. um, a little one that I know really well from the hospital. He mm -hmm. spent a lot of the first... This expertise cannot be found in a standard general practice and was one of the main reasons why Dr. Watson implemented the model. Um, it's really lovely to be able to see him together so that we can join up. Try go and get him? Yes. So the model came about because there seemed to be an obvious gap in the system. I've observed that when uh, the GP was able to look after children really well and knew me well enough to contact me if he or she was worried, actually that child got really good care. And where there was a disconnect between the GP and the paediatrician, there seemed to be a whole lot of children falling through the gaps and there were also a, a lot of duplication where children may be getting multiple appointments for the same thing. And this network of collaborative individual specialists has been one of the main reasons why the model has been so successful. So the way the model works is that instead of seeing the children that the GP wanted me to see in the hospital, in the hospital, I see them in the GP practice. That means that once a month I have a presence in the practice and that, I suppose, generates corridor conversations. We end up saying, oh, while I'm here, can I just ask you about... And what we always do is um, have a team meeting at the end of the clinic, uh, which means that the GPs in the practice, the practice nurses, the health visitors and other professionals can come together. And I, as a paediatrician, can be part of that team meeting and we discuss cases. And we might discuss the cases that we've seen that morning or increasingly we'll discuss other cases so that actually I am... Um, 
being put to much better use. Rather than just seeing patients face to face, my expertise can be used for the benefit of a lot more children. The other great um, outcome from us all sitting in a room together discussing cases is that we will learn about each other's services and how best to use them. And it creates a, 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 a really wonderful set of relationships that can be used to go much further in terms of maximising the resource that's available. Mando introduced the model on a small scale to ensure it was authentically grown by GPs who immediately bought into the concept and were enthusiastic of its outcomes. So as professionals, we're used to a certain way of working. And if you say to a professional, actually, I want you to do things differently, I want you to take yourself out of the hospital and start working in a, uh, doing a clinic in a GP practice. Um, some people are um, up for the challenge, but others are wary. And there's this chicken and egg situation where um, we don't have a lot of this activity going on at the moment. So we don't have the opportunity to train young doctors in a different way of working. So we don't then have the workforce of the future that's going to work in this integrated way. And one of the things that we do is try and bring junior doctors along with us as much as possible so that they see things, they see the opportunities, and they get quite excited about it. Micah, do you want to come in? Come in, Micah, let's go. And one of the GPs who was excited about the real impact of the CC4C model is Dr. Saba Rafizada of Pannington Green Health Centre. Zabi has worked in GP practices before that didn't use a CC4C model and can see the overwhelming contrast in the effectiveness of the care between them and her current workplace. Take a seat for me. Hi, hey, how nice to see you. And Micah. He's good, thanks for seeing us here, Dr. Watson. Great nice pleasure. to see you, Rodell. Um, I'm the GP I'm going to be in with Dr. Mando Watson today uh, in the Hub Clinic. In terms of how I feel it improves our care, I think it's been massively beneficial. Um, it, it, you know, in a number of different ways. The first thing is um, it's an excellent, really, really an excellent example of well-joined-up care between primary and secondary care. Um, it really helps to break down any barriers between the two models of care between primary and secondary care. And it's not always easy to diagnose, to know everything. And so the CC4C clinic really allows us to get patients seen where we are uncertain of a diagnosis, um, you know, without necessarily doing an absolute hospital um, referral, which may lengthen the time, you know, the wait time of which they're seen. Um, so for me, not only booking patients into a CC4C clinic, but also knowing that I can contact a consultant paediatrician via email, via phone, you know, that same day, um, really is very reassuring um, and it means that I'm a lot more confident in the management plans that I provide to patients and their parents. Um, and likewise for, for parents and patients, it, it reassures them that we're able to contact a specialist, um, you know, so quickly. Um, I think it's, it's a beneficial thing on both parts. The benefit of working in a GP practice is that we move from being very reactive to being much more proactive. So when I'm in hospital, I'm waiting for a sick patient to come to me so that I can get involved. When I'm working in a GP practice, I can say to the GPs, who are your children and how can I help? 
So we're getting in there earlier. We're able to improve the preventative care of a child with asthma so that they never get a wheeze attack rather than waiting for them to come to hospital with a wheeze attack mm. to try and stop yeah. the next one. Six weeks then it happens again and yeah. Mm. So. Can I just ask how is it affecting him? Is he managing to get to school? Is and thanks to the flexibility of the service at Paddington Green Health Centre, Dr Watson was recently able to come to the rescue by fitting in an emergency appointment for Adele after Micah developed a recurring throat infection that not only caused infuriating pain to Micah himself, but also to the rest of the family. I myself was getting depressed with a constant illness and um, I was seeing my GP for that as well. So I was like, I don't think I can keep on going like this. And I emailed her secretary again. And then the secretary said, Dr. Watson is out of clinic St. Mary's for this period of time. But she will see you at um, Paddington Green Health Center on this day. Imagine if he hadn't seen it, he was going to keep on having that infection recurring because it's something that had happened like three times or so before I emailed her secretary. And she had him checked, examined again and got in touch with the ENT team that his um, tonsils had to remo be removed. And I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't seen her at Paddington Green because Micah is not due to see her. So we would have probably still be going through that. And as much as it's, ha it's having an effect on him, it's also having an effect on me and my younger child because we're not sleeping when he's, it's, it's a nightmare. So that service, I mean, nothing beats that. It makes patients and parents a lot more comfortable to discuss their symptoms, to discuss their issues in a manner that, um, it, you know, in an environment where they've been to time and time again. So coming into, especially for young children, coming into a GP practice where they may have been seen plenty of times versus a big hospital, which might seem quite scary for them, um, I think is a lot more comfortable coming to a GP practice, to be honest with you. Um, and it would mean that children maybe are more, um, comfortable being examined, uh, parents are more comfortable discussing, um, you know, all their issues that, that they've come in for. Um, and I think having the GP there, it makes, it gives an additional layer of confidence for, for parents knowing that actually, you know, this is not just a hospital, you know, consultant consultation. My GP's also here. They know me, they've seen me, they've, they know about my child's health. So that, I think that that's important as well. James, we're just going to have a look at your readings. Soraya Vieira is a paediatric diabetes nurse at the St. Mary's Hospital Imperial Healthcare. She has very little experience of the model and therefore has minimal contact with the GPs. However, after recently attending a CC4C hub session where she was better able to understand the needs of one of her patients, she has seen how this could be a benefit going forward for her and her colleagues. Oh, it looks like you've had a hypo here. Did you do some exercise? What I found doing this um, hub eating in the GP was actually pretty amazing. I loved the fact that there was um, all of these professionals that came together to talk about families and patients, even if that they didn't really know or recognize any of these patients, it was good to share experiences and share their thoughts or ideas of how to manage families or these patients better. It was really insightful to see the sort of things that they do do in the community, in these practices, and how we can benefit from them, but how they could also benefit from us. So we'd like to examine Micah, if that's okay. The nature of the model means that different specialities have been able to understand each other better, and the learning from this has been invaluable. Okay, so we're just going to take uh, Micah's temperature. 
I feel that actually I'm a lot more confident in dealing with a lot of illnesses and children that maybe I wasn't previously. Um, you know, that there's only so much that GP training will teach you when it comes to paediatrics. Um, and, you know, having had experience of sitting in with Mando, of debriefing, of getting her feedback on illnesses, of how to manage certain things, um, I do think it is a two-way street as well. I think with a consultant paediatrician coming into our clinic, they also see the day-to-day -day things that as a GP we deal with. We often see patients time and time again and we look after multiple members of the family, we get a real flavour of what the household is like, what their psychosocial factors are like, what's going on in their lives and I feel it's quite often difficult in a hospital setting on a one-off appointment for a paediatrician to grasp all of that. Um, and so I think it's been quite useful for them to get our input in terms of a family dynamic, if there's anything else going on that we might feel might be contributing to the child's health and a lot of areas of uncertainty that we have as GPs, which leads to us referring in. Ha having a joint consultation with a consultant, paediatrician and the GP really um, mirroring each other's, uh, the advice that we give to patients, the management plan that we have. Um, again, it all comes back to instilling confidence in the parents. I think once they realise that actually we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, uh, they feel a lot more conf confident in the management plan that we have. There's less room for error, there's less room for ambiguity. Um, and I found from my experience that actually parents and patients are much more likely to comply with the management plan when they feel confident in it. During the, the hubs, I found there was a definite lack of understanding in the roles that we provide in hospital and the, and the understanding that GPs have in what we do. I, I'll give you some examples in terms of pump therapy or multiple injections, their understanding of who decides what what happens and the process that it happens and I guess during that I was able to then explain to them actually this is how it's done uh, and these are the criterias and this is what has to happen for a patient to go on either a pump or not. Although the model has gained considerable success locally and in focused specialities, there is still a wider scope to be made in scaling up this to a significant level. So this is um, a, a way of working that we have started to do for children, but it lends itself really well to a whole raft of specialties. Care of the elderly is the obvious one, but you could also make it work for dermatology for rheumatology uh, and you know on it goes the point being that we we have really brilliant primary care we have really brilliant secondary tertiary care and creating these opportunities for the two to join up just gives so much more value for money I would like to use this more for us to work together, meaning GPs and us, but also for families to see us all as one and not go to the GP for, I guess, one thing and go to us. Obviously, we are separate and we are, I guess, a specialist service and they will deal with other complexities that they may have, but it would be good for us to be able to share information and bridge that gap that we currently have. I think now that I've seen him here, maybe I don't need to see him regularly at the hospital. Like with any behavioural change in the NHS, there are challenges that can come with implementing a new model, but ultimately there can be a substantial reward at the end of it. Um, and from a GP point of view, Riddell, what we just mentioned is if Micah develops any 
um, persistent fevers. And I would really urge more practices to get involved in, in setting up a CC4C clinic. Having worked in practices that don't have it in place, I can see how much more difficult it is getting paediatric advice and getting patients seen um, quickly in the community. So I, you know, I really can't praise it enough. And I think actually it, it should be implemented in many more practices. So my advice to um, other trusts that want to do this is, you know, go for it. It is undoubtedly um, a, a good thing to do. Um, and um, although it might feel difficult, actually it's just the tiniest change in the system. I suppose to help make that change happen, I have a few thoughts. Um, the first is to try and do things bottom up. I've seen people try and parachute this great idea in and that seems not to work. It's much better to get people on the ground, on the front line, who are seeing patients who really get the benefits. And I think it's really important to think about what is underlying this. What are the design principles behind what you're trying to do? So working on building trust and relationships between professionals, working on the learning culture so that everybody is more capable, working on signposting and really focus on what matters to patients. If we do things differently as professionals but don't bring parents with us, they will just carry on doing what they've always done. Lovely to see you today. And lovely to see you. It's nice seeing you guys too. Thank you for seeing me again. It's nothing short of a, like a miracle to me. I've met other moms that are also struggling to get um, the type of help that I think I get from Dr. Watson. So I don't take that for granted at all. In this episode, we've seen the impact that joining up primary and secondary care is having on the relationships and knowledge sharing between healthcare professionals and the improvements in access, treatment and management for paediatric patients that is able to be delivered in a comfortable and reassuring environment as a result of this. In turn, this is supporting the wider health and well-being of parents and children and enhancing their relationships with healthcare professionals. In the next episode, we visit southern Denmark and look at how this autonomous region and its municipalities use information sharing and communication to enhance patient care and ensure their journey through the different system providers is a seamless process. Uh, the model is um, an important model for how we collaborate because some of the basic principles is about how to give the right data to each other at the right time. If you'd like to listen to any other episodes in the series or read the detailed reports on each model, then you can do so by visiting our website. Thanks for listening.